In my work as a pastor, as I have spoken with many different people about their faith, it is not unusual for a person to tell me about this deep desire they have to hear from God. Or more specifically, to hear a calling from God. A specific calling on their life. A calling that would not only require them to step out in faith, but one that would also be meaningful and fulfilling to them. A calling, you know, that would be suitable to their own gifting and allow them to make a significant difference in the world. Sometimes they even betray a smidgen of jealousy toward those who have heard one calling or another. A call that led someone to start a new nonprofit that now serves our city. Or a call that led another person out of their career and into full-time vocational ministry. Or a call that led one to sell everything they had so that they could move to North Africa as a missionary. But most Christians never receive a call like this, which only intensifies this need inside to hear something particular for them. Something that would upend them in the best sort of way and infuse their life with a fresh wave of energy and direction and purpose. But in the end, most hear nothing at all. Instead, they get pulled into the demands of life, the going to and from a job that has slowly lost its luster, the waiting in carpool lines, the transporting kids from one activity to another, the sitting at home watching television, wondering if this is really what retirement is supposed to look like. If only I could hear from God. And in the meantime, we start to assume that our faith is just a part-time thing. You know, for when we make it to church on Sunday. Maybe when we ponder death or the reality of suffering in the world. Or when we remember to pray before a meal. Faith, we begin to suspect, is only full-time if you're one of the lucky ones. One who has actually heard a call from the Lord. So many Christians, it seems, especially here in the South go through life with this kind of outlook so that they become fairly casual about their faith. It's important, yes, but really only on paper. It does nothing to upend you, and it's, it's certainly not an urgent matter. It's just part of what you do. It's just one part of who you are. Well, I think that our gospel reading this morning blows all this up. This little passage in Mark chapter 1 is poised to speak to this deep desire we all have inside to hear a call. And it's a passage that is charged and ready to upend our lives in the best sort of way. Now, granted, at first glance, it doesn't seem that revolutionary. I mean, it's just an opening chapter that sets the scene for Jesus' ministry which according to Mark doesn't begin with a spectacular sermon or a mighty miracle, but rather with a simple summons to four fishermen on the banks of the Sea of Galilee. Follow me. It's a scene that has become a bit ho-hum in our imagination. So much so that we might be tempted to turn the page, you know, get on to the good stuff. But my friends, we need to look again. 
Because the gospel of Mark begins with a bang, like an alarm clock. It is tenaciously declaring the time and demanding a response. And what time is it? The time is fulfilled, Jesus says, for the kingdom of God is here. Now, we've had 2,000 years to over-spiritualize and over-familiarize ourselves with this phrase, the kingdom of God, which means we often fail to hear the the political shockwaves embedded in this phrase. I mean, right out of the gates and right out in the open air, Jesus is going around announcing a regime change, that there's a new king in town, and he's headed to take the throne. I'm telling you, this is the stuff that will get you arrested. Which we are told, by the way, is exactly what has already happened to his cousin John the forerunner to Jesus, the one who has been preparing the way for the Lord. I mean, this is how Mark begins today's passage, saying, now after John was arrested, Jesus began began proclaiming the kingdom of God is here. You see, good news, but quite dangerous. Of course, any political movement that is aimed at bringing about a regime change needs a following, doesn't it? Or it's not going anywhere. I mean, every politician knows this. And so Jesus has to be part preacher and part recruiter. In contrast to the rabbis of his day, Jesus isn't waiting around for aspiring students to take the initiative and come to him. No, Jesus is out there knocking on doors, even walking from one business to the next. You, you, you can feel the urgency here, can't you? Because the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near in the person of Jesus, so let's go. Follow me, he says. And these four fishermen drop everything and do just that, leaving their gear behind, their livelihoods, even their very own family. Now, we are not told whether these fishermen had previously enjoyed their work or if they detested it, whether they were prosperous or unprofitable. I mean, we do not know how these two pairs of brothers got along with each other or or how the sons of Zebedee related to their father. Lots of unanswered questions here. The sun may have been bright that day and the breeze fresh off the water. Or it could have been cold and gray outside with temperatures as frigid as ours today. But the absence of these details that would be of interest to us push us instead to pay attention to the main message of this story. The kingdom of God is here and it demands a decisive response. The kingdom of God is here and it demands a decisive response. When we read this story, we may not realize that in the first century, fishing was a thriving industry on the Sea of Galilee. The lake boasted of no fewer than 16 busy ports with several towns on the northwestern shore that only existed because of this line of work. One of them was called Bethsaida, which means house of the fisher. Another was Magdala, which means fish tower. And one more was called 
Turkia, I think that's how you say it, Turkia, which means salted fish. So you see what I mean, fishing was it. In fact, I didn't know until earlier this week that fish was the staple food of the Greco-Roman world. And I also learned that fish from the Sea of Galilee were exported and prized in places as far as Alexandria of Egypt and Antioch of Syria. I mean, think about that. These fishermen whom Jesus called were part of an industry that competed in the larger market of the Mediterranean, which means that we shouldn't imagine them to be these, you know, indigent day laborers ready to make a change, eagerly waiting to jump on the bandwagon of the first Messiah-like character who happened to come their way. No. Simon and Andrew, James and John, these were likely shrewd merchants, deeply tied to and invested in their families, their communities, and yes, their businesses. And yet immediately, the text says, they left their nets. They left their father in the boat with the hired men and followed Jesus. My goodness, the presence of God's kingdom demands a decisive response. There is no time to dilly-dally. Jesus calls and upends the lives of these fishermen. Can, can you feel the weight of it all? Can you feel the urgency here? This is no casual thing. This is not a part-time affair. No, everything changes. Even the wicked Assyrians portrayed in the story of Jonah are quick to drop everything and respond to God, aren't they? They feel the urgency and the weight in Jonah's less than inspiring message. 40 days more and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's it. But the Assyrians hear it. God is coming and this demands a decisive response. And so they repent. You can feel the same sense of urgency in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, can't you? Listen to what he says. Let those who have wives be as though they had none. I don't think Abby's going to like that one. <laughs> Let those who mourn as though they were not mourning. How does that sound to those of you who came to church today brokenhearted and hurting? <laughs> Let those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing. So pipe down, you happy people. And let those who buy as though they had no possessions and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealing with it. And what is going on here? Is this even feasible? What's all the fuss about? Well, Paul tells us, for the present form of this world is passing away. In other words, the kingdom of God has come near and that changes everything. It upends our world. It upends our lives and it demands a decisive response. I don't know about you, but can we really live our lives with this kind of urgency? 2,000 years later, does the call to follow Jesus still demand this kind of reorientation? This kind of putting to the side everything we've been given to care for? All of our responsibilities, our businesses, our families, our carpool lines, oh no, not our late night TV binging. 
Well, the answer given by our passage this morning is clear. It should. Because, my friends, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is here among us. And Jesus is calling you right now to follow him. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, Father Wes, I've, I've already done that. I've already made the decision to believe in Jesus. I've prayed the prayer. I got saved, and I'm now heaven-bound, safe, and secure. Well, praise the Lord. I, I am glad to hear that. But you also need to know that that is a bastardized version of the call of Jesus. If that's what you've been led to believe, then I'm afraid you are missing the point. For the kingdom of God is here. It's not out there waiting on you to die. The call of Jesus is not believe in me so that you can go to heaven. It's follow me for the kingdom of heaven is here, right? Sometimes Christians so stress that one-time decision for Jesus that we fail to nurture the long-standing call to follow him. We fail to see that this one-time decision we made long ago is actually meant to be a decision that greets us every morning. Every morning, Jesus is calling you to upend your life. Follow me, he says, for the kingdom of God is here. Listen, you do not have to wait for a personalized call from God to be a part of what he is doing in the world. You know, a particular call that is suitable to your own gifting that would allow you to make this grand impact on the world. You do not have to wait for that. You know why? Because Jesus is already calling you again and again and again each and every day. Follow me. For the kingdom of God is here. A new reality, a new world, a new creation is here. And we are meant to feel the weight of this good news, the, the urgency of this invitation. For it is a calling that is intended to upend our plans, upend our lives, shake and unsettle us, yet in the best sort of way. Because it is also a calling that is meant to fill us with joy, fill us with meaning and purpose, Fulfilling that deep desire that we all have to hear a word from the Lord. And if you were to ask me, but Father West, what then specifically should I do? Where should I go? What, what, what job should I take? I would say to you that this is what makes us different from those early disciples of Jesus. Because their feet had to literally hit the ground behind the feet of Jesus in order to follow him. But for us... It's simply a matter of wherever our literal feet take us. For us to answer the call of Jesus to be a part of his kingdom movement today, we simply need to follow Jesus into our every moment, into every interaction, into our every thought, our every feeling. Wherever our feet take us, Jesus is calling you to follow him there. Now, that is a personalized call, isn't it? And so when you come home at the end of your day, exhausted, 
Jesus says, follow me, for the kingdom of God is here. When you wake up in the morning, you hear those words again, follow me. When you look out of your window, when you turn on your television, when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes, follow me. When you take stock of your finances, when an unwanted interruption comes knocking at your door, or when you receive a bad report from your doctor, the invitation from Jesus stands. The kingdom of God is here. Follow me. The only question then is will we feel the urgency of this invitation? Will we heed the words of Christ? Will we be like Simon and Andrew? Will we be like James and John? Will we allow the call of Jesus to upend our lives in the best sort of way? Lord Jesus Christ, help us to feel the urgency of your calling, the calling that is placed on each and every one of us each and every day. Help us to follow you into this new world, upend our lives by the presence and wonder of your kingdom. Amen.